0: What's going on, guys? Welcome to this episode of King's Code Radio, where we are a movement of men, men rising up as kings, kings unto the king of kings, producing much fruit, much results in every area of life. I want to share with you today a message that I uh, gave recently and something I also shared uh, with the men inside of our, our different programs, inside the King's Code and the King's Armory. Um, this is a a concept that I call the seize and squeeze concept, all right? And so it is relevant for you as a man uh, going through life, and this is going to be relevant in many different ways um, in your walk with God and in your marriage, business, health, and so forth. So stay tuned. We're going to dive into the seize and squeeze concept here. It's interesting, and as we know, and I think it's probably beyond obvious, but always worth a reminder that... What the world promotes is usually quite the opposite of what the Bible says. Jesus, oh, that was... I will, I will stop talking now. I, oh, wow. That's cool. Anyway, um, <laughs> I find it interesting in the Bible... Um, you know The world teaches that we need to try to control things and have power over things, and, and, and naturally we like to control scenarios and situations. And yet in the Bible, nowhere does it say, hey, go, uh, you will have control over this. In fact, quite the opposite. The Bible says to lose, lose control, lay down your life. Um, and, and that can be a very difficult thing, especially if you find yourself wanting to be more in control of areas of your life. And so when then you run across Bible verses, it talks about laying down your life or uh, um, as even, um, I think it was Doug was talking about yesterday, humbling yourself. It can be a hard thing when you just want to control everything because then it makes it very difficult for the Lord to do things because you keep getting in the way and trying to move things. And so we're going to talk about that for a moment. I like that the Bible also talks about power. So the world talks about getting control and getting power. Now, the Bible, we know, says, hey, you're not going to have control because God is in control, and that's where we want control. Because I mean, have you noticed when you try to control something, it usually doesn't work out well anyway? It's a lesson (laughs) that keeps giving. But the Bible also talks about power, and I want to talk about that for a moment as well. As you know, because we're going to be turning to 2 Samuel 23. (laughs) (laughs) We got one snort, there we go. Okay, good. We're going for two, maybe three. But uh the what's in second Samuel twenty three is as you know, I find it fascinating and I'm not going so Sandy can can not, you know, get on me later on. I am not talking about Shema. Okay, so there we go. I know, I know. I might mention him though, so just So in 2 Samuel uh, 23, it talks about how David had three mighty men. We know that there was one called Adino uh, who, who did some amazing things as far as uh, he lifted up his spear against 800 Philistines and slew them all at one time with a spear. I wish they'd make a movie. I mean, isn't that cool? Yeah, hey, it might have lined them up. Who knows? Yeah, that would have been cool. Then we also know it talks about Eleazar, and then it goes on to Shema, who we know stood in a field of lentils and fought off a troop of Philistines. But today I want to talk about Eleazar just for a moment, because I think there's something very relevant uh, to, to just today. We do know that these three men, if you know the story about how David, and actually talks about in the same chapter a little ways, that David uh, uh, made mention, King David made mention, as they were in battle and in war, how he was thirsty. These mighty men said, well, hey, the king's thirsty. We're going to do something about it. And they went across enemy lines, busted through to get King David a drink of water. And now think about this. Three guys, I'm going to go into the enemy's camp where all the enemy is, get a cup of water, and fight my way back out, and still have water in the cup. That's talent. That's skill right there. And we know that David actually did not drink the water. He threw the water down uh, because that's the kind of man that he was um, honoring those that were in, in, in battle. And he didn't like the fact think, that uh, they did that. But these it shows what these mighty men were like. They could, if they saw that something needed to be done, they would do it. Hey, the king's thirsty? I don't care where the water's at. We're going to get some. And I like that attitude of, hey, whatever the king wants, the king's going to get. And I think we should have that attitude of whatever the Lord wants, the Lord's going to get. But as we talk and focus a little bit more on Eleazar, it says uh, in 2 Samuel 23, verses 9 and 10, it says, And after him was Eleazar, son of Dodo, and Ahite, one of three mighty men with David, uh, when they defied the Philistines that were gathered together in battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. Then, talking about Eleazar, he rose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. And the Lord brought a great victory that day. And all the people returned after him only to plunder. Now, I want you to picture this for a moment. Everyone's gone. Everyone's gone. But because he was a mighty man, he didn't like the fact that the enemy's presence was even there. And he's like, I'm going to take him out. And he does there was also so many, so many of the Philistines that a mighty man, now I, I get it, okay? So like, you know, regular guy, okay, but this was a mighty man. These guys did like awesome things. And and he got tired, even to the point where he's like, oh, I would imagine that's probably not a normal thing of him feeling tired, but he started to feel tired. But yeah, he did not stop. And because of that, I think, If we look at that in our own lives, we sometimes find ourselves in the heat of the battle, and now we start getting tired. We start getting weary. And really, it just comes down to, am I going to keep going, or am I going to drop my sword and give up? Eleazar had that that choice. The thing that I find fascinating about this is that the meaning here, when it says that his hand, and depending on what translation you have, it may not say uh, stuck, but ultimately, this meaning says, or, or is to cling, adhere, abide, cleave fast together, to be joined, and to stick to someone or something. It literally paints the picture that his hand grew so weary and so fatigued, but he had so much fight in him. Despite the tiredness that his body was feeling, he clinged, and literally, it kind of paints a picture of his hand being soldered. He became one with his sword. Are you guys picturing this? We got some no's and some yes. Maybe I need to demonstrate. (laughs) What's he going to do? Anderson, why don't you come on up here real quick? (laughs) Just, Just stand right here. Okay, so Anderson, you're going to be my my armor bearer today, okay? Um, I do need a weapon, though. (laughs) Actually, you know what? That's not going to do, though. Hold on. I gave him a green one so he wouldn't eat it. So... I've never brought this one. This has been with me the longest, and I've actually never brought this one to church. Although this is probably not the most relevant sword to bring, my Braveheart one probably would have been a little more relevant. Um, Since I got the mic, I want you to hold on here real quick. There we go. There we go. There we go. This sword, me and and this sword's got some history. I have a scar on my arm because of this sword. All right, so it's sharp. Where's the banana at? No, just kidding. Okay, so... (laughs) (laughs) There it is. Where's my blindfold at? Hold on. Um, So (laughs) The new guys are like, what did we get ourselves into? Okay. So I want you to just picture this for a moment, okay? Although this is not the type of sword Eliezer had, I want you to think about how long it would take. Now, this is much lighter compared to probably the sword he had and all of that. But I want you to think about coming through, and, and if you are continually in battle, you know what I'm saying? Continually in battle. And you are swinging your sword, and you get to the point now, excuse the pun, uh, you get to the point now where literally you are getting weary. It's getting hard. But now you're in a place where I am in a battle, and I don't get to choose when it's over. Because the battle's not over yet. I'm starting to get a little battle-weary, but the battle's not over, so now I am faced with a choice. I am faced with a choice of either saying, you know what, it is just getting a little too hard, my hand is tired, and it would really be easier just to go watch TV right now. Or, I could say, you know what, I'm in this fight till the very end, and I know, I know God is faithful, so I am going to hold on even tighter, and I am going to keep swinging. Do you have a better picture now? For Anderson's sake, I'm going to put the sword away. And you know what? You can keep the banana. Yay. Give Anderson a hand. There it's we go. Fun. You have the choice to drop your sword or not. You do have that choice. This really does paint the picture. I mean, think about this. Becoming one with your sword back again back in my martial art days swords were not really my thing but knives were and we had this thing about getting familiar and actually um, we didn't really call it becoming one with your knife but it was the same kind of concept of you got to you got to play with your knife so much that you knew every which way to maneuver that knife to be effective with that knife now I'm not promoting violence maybe but I am. What I am saying is you have to know the weapon that you're using. And you see, you have a weapon, and you have to know it. If you're not spending time with your weapon, you're not going to know how to use it. And then you're going to be relying on everybody else to try to fight all your battles for you. are got to a point point in a place that I think is absolutely critical, and Doug mentioned it yesterday, that once you get to that place of saying, you know what? I am skilled, and I might even be mighty, but you know what? Even I'm starting to get a little tired here, but you know what? It's not about relying on my strength. It's not about relying on my skill. It's about knowing and coming to the realization that when I am weak, he is strong. And He is made strong through me. So now it's not about me trying to be skillful with the sword. It's just me trusting the Lord that He's going to continue to clamp my hand even tighter and beat this thing, because it does say that the Lord brought a great victory that day. We have to be in a place where we are willing to trust, even when it looks like the end's coming. I don't know how much longer I don't know how much longer I can hold on. I don't know how much more I can take. It's just getting too much. I'm starting to reach my breaking point. It's in those moments and those times you really find out what you really believe and who you really believe. Trusting, I think. Uh, I think Tammy, Joe, you mentioned this at a Grace Tribe fairly recently, talking about the war. I think it was believe, wasn't it? Where Tammy Joe brought some tape and she put it on on all everyone's hands to prove that believing and trusting the Lord, it's, it means sticking. I'm, I'm choosing to stick to Jesus. Are you choosing to stick to Jesus? Something else that I want to bring up today is if you think about. How the human body, right? If, if I put good stuff in, I'm going to probably be stronger, right? If I put a bunch of bad stuff in, if I'm eating a bunch of sugar, I'm probably going to be weaker, right? So what you put in really will determine how strong you really are. So once again, what are you putting in? A little too much Netflix, not enough word, what's going on? Although we might not be one of David's mighty men, I do believe the Bible has a few things to say about this when it comes to us. Joshua 1.9 says, Have I not commanded thee to be strong and of good courage? Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with you, whithersoever thou goest. Notice it doesn't say... This is the Lord talking. Notice it doesn't say, Have I not suggested to you be kind of strong? It's a command. It said, I've commanded you to be strong and of good courage. So when the battle is raging and you're starting to get tired and you're surrounded by the stinking Philistines, I am commanding you to be strong and of good courage. I think Eliezer did that. What's really kind of cool about this is when you start to look at this word and start to bring down, okay, if I'm going to be strong in the Lord, I, rec- I got to know, I got to know some stuff here. And this literally means to bind and to catch and to cleave, to be constant, to fasten, to take him by force, but also to seize, to have a strong grip on something and then squeeze it. Now, I want you to think about this. When you grab hold of your weapon, you are seizing hold of your weapon, and then you're squeezing even more. Are you seizing and squeezing Jesus? Are you seizing and squeezing the word of God? Where I'm going to get every... If if Anderson squeezed that banana, something's going to come out eventually, right? Right? That should have been the demo. (laughs) Next time. So, when you seize a hole of that thing, I'm not letting go. I'm squeezing even more. I don't care about the fatigue. I don't care about the uncomfortableness. I am seizing and I am squeezing. And that is what you've been called to do so when it says be strong in the lord i am going to cleave and and it's not about you being strong it's about god being strong in you so i am seizing and squeezing and holding on to him and his truth and what he's told me and i'm moving forward it is interesting to note that the mighty men can also get tired how about you Have you gotten tired and have you gotten battle-weary where you've maybe laid down your sword? Have you forgotten what is at stake? I think sometimes because much of this battle isn't an unseen thing, we forget the reality and the seriousness of this. Or you know what? I've used this example many times talking with guys recently. If somebody broke into your house, and you heard door, window, crash, you wouldn't roll over and go back to sleep. I don't know anyone that would do that, right? You would become a person of action really quickly. But because sometimes we don't see the enemy and what he's doing, we're like, ah, roll over, go back to sleep. Don't forget what's at stake. There was a man in 1953... His name was Herman Buhl, who wanted to climb to the top of, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, but Nang- Nanga Purbat, known to be one of the largest and tallest mountains. And despite the fact that people have attempted to climb this mountain, usually die, him and his climbing buddy said, we're going to continue to do this thing. On the day that they were going to make their great ascend, His buddy (laughs) conveniently got sick. But Herman decided, I'm going to climb solo then. I am determined to make it to the top of this mountain. Herman knew that the odds was against him, but he climbed anyway. And on his way up, he ended up spending the night wedged between a ledge at 26,000 feet, just trying not to fall asleep. Because if he knew if he fell asleep he would fall to his death. But somehow, Herman successfully not only climbed up the mountain, but also got down successfully. But he knew and made note that if he did not cling to that rock with everything he had, he was a dead man. He knew what was at stake, and so he clung to that rock. He basically seized and squeezed the mountain because he knew what was at stake. Life was at stake. So I ask again, do you know what is at stake? The other point that I want to make about Eleazar in this uh, story is that it says that God brought a great victory. It doesn't say Eleazar got a great victory. It doesn't say what he did even got a great victory. It says God brought a great victory. And I don't know about you, but like, I, don't, I don't want a puny victory. I mean, sometimes these battles are not fun. Like, let's go for a big victory, right? And I like the idea of God doing a great, mighty victory that, where people look and go, how did that person come out of that? And the only answer is God. God brought a great victory that day. Great victories, I think, are kind of meant to be seen. You may be completely tired, and you may be completely worn out, and you may be completely overwhelmed by what life is throwing at you and all of your responsibilities, and even as Mike talked about yesterday, the obligations. You may be overwhelmed by that, and the weight might be unbearable, and now you're like, man, i got to fight some more. But see, the thing is, is God's wanting to show himself strong in you. And sometimes we find ourselves in these battles, and we find ourselves in these situations that do not seem fair. We got to know what's at stake and know what the Lord's heart is about this thing and know God's going to bring a great victory. I just got to hold on, seize and squeeze, and keep swinging. (laughs) The other thing I find kind of interesting, the very last part of that verse, it says, then the troops came back, but only to plunder the dead. Think about that for a moment are just is in the fight of his life. His hand is stuck to his sword. Everyone comes back, does not acknowledge it at all. I mean, doesn't even say like, oh, thank you. Are you okay? Hey, do you want to try to unstick your hand? I mean, nothing. They came back and said, oh, look, let's, let's like get all the stuff off the dead bodies. This is cool. And it does go to show that, you know what? Not everyone's going to understand the battle you're in. It does go to show that people will show up when it's convenient for them. Because it's on their terms. And you know what? There was something in it for them. But it also is a point that, you know what? We're not doing it for recognition. We're not doing it for a thank you. We're doing it because just like the three guys said, hey, you know what? The king's hungry. We're like, hey, you know what? What's the Lord want? What does the king of glory want? That's what we're going to do. So it's not about people seeing what we do. It's about what people seeing what he does. And that is where it also becomes very evident of when, why you find yourself in the battle. Are you doing it simply to be seen and heard and known? Or are you doing it because the Lord's heart says so? And it also does not mention that Eleazar had any issues, them coming back and plundering. He didn't say, thanks for your help, guys. Because he knew what he was created to do. The fight's not about you. It's not about being seen and it's not about getting the recognition. So I'll end with this. There's a couple points, I think three, four, four points that if you want to start to squeeze, uh, I should say, uh, what did I say? season and squeeze, thank you. Seize and squeeze if you want to maintain the season squeeze, if you want to maintain, hey, I am, I, am, I am seizing the Lord. I am squeezing. I am holding on to him even in the hardest of times and the hardest of battles because I love him and trust him. I'm sticking to him. I'm becoming one with him. Then number one is you've got to make sure that you're sticking to Jesus. Do you really believe and trust that he is going to bring a great victory? Can you? When you are sticking to Jesus, when you're truly believing Him and trusting Him, then you stop doing things just for Him and you start doing things with Him. Yes. When you stick to Jesus, actually, here's point number two. If you want to continue to maintain the season squeeze, then you've got to be strong. But, You've got to be strong in his power and in his might. According to Ephesians uh, 6.10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. It is not saying be strong in your own might. It's not saying be strong in your own skill. It's not saying be strong with the own plans that your brain comes up with. It's saying trust me and be strong in me. The Amplified also says in Ephesians 6.10, it says, to be strong in the Lord and be empowered through your union with Him and draw your strength from Him. Paints a nice picture, doesn't it? Number three, to maintain the season squeeze of the Lord. Don't go by how you feel. Don't go by what you see. But go by what God tells you. We are far too easily swayed by, oh, I don't really feel like it right now. Doesn't really seem like anything's moving. How many know when God says, Hey, I'm gonna do this thing? Usually the opposite seems to happen. We all have our stories, but it's in those times are you still gonna believe of what he said is true. Paul even said in 2 Corinthians 12, he makes note of when he's talking about how the enemy's attacking, he's got this thorn in his side, and the, God's saying, hey, my grace is sufficient. He ends and reminds us that, hey, you know what, when I am weak, he is strong. And I think it's an important reminder for all of us. I've started to realize when, when, when it's just, the days are just constant, constant, and and the days are long, and finally, okay, I get to sleep, and and maybe, and then something comes up, and now I'm awake again, and all this stuff, and I'm like, I just want to sleep because I'm tired. I've recognized that this is an opportunity to go, Lord, this is an opportunity for me to continue to die and allow myself not to be strong, but to be strong in you, to allow you and your strength and your ability to flow through me because I got nothing left. (laughs) It's an opportunity. And lastly, number four, to seize and squeeze, is to keep swinging your sword. Keep swinging, keep trusting, and do what the Lord has told you to do, and know that He is bringing a great victory. I don't know about you guys, but I want to have a great victory, as I know you do too. And as I told the men inside of our groups, uh, these men are dealing with extreme crises inside of their life, and uh, this is an opportunity to surrender to the Lord and allow Him to bring a great and mighty victory, and I hope that is uh, the main takeaway here today, so go out and seize and squeeze what God has given you, who He is, what He's doing for you, and we'll see you in the next episode.